is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. You know, you look at Bill Callahan and that offensive line of the Cleveland Browns. I mean, and we're talking about a system, as Mike Tomlin was saying yesterday at the press conference, it's not about Baker Mayfield or Case Keenum necessarily. It's about the system they employ, which is big on the run game, big on play-action pass, and big on uh, misdirection. Those three elements, that's the system offensively for the Browns, but it's all based off the run. Because if you can't run the ball, you can't play action. And if you can't run the ball successfully and play action successfully, you can't misdirect very well because nobody cares about what you're trying to do with the Houdiniism. It's about sitting in your gaps and just play it and, and be straight up with it. So there's, there's things that happen. The elements have to come together for that system to be um, you know, as, as good as it is. And it starts with the fact that you got Nick Chubb, who's terrific. you got Kareem Hunt, who... <clears throat> Who is terrific when he's healthy, uh, and you got Dearness Johnson, 144 yard or 46 yard rusher, um, you know, going on. It's like amazing to me. And yes, and we're going to go to Jim Wexel right now. Um, but you know, all this stuff has to come together for the Browns to be a consistent winner offensively. Okay, Max. Oh yeah, uh, no. we're gonna okay. We're gonna go to Wex. Oh, I, I was sitting there looking. I, for I thought we were going to Jim. Okay, I we're you going were to Jim. Intro and Jim and asking the question to him. I didn't know you were asking it to me. This, Sorry. Is, this is one of those things when you're not in the same room. All of a sudden, the awkwardness of the moment overtakes you. And let's bring in Jim Wexel from Steel City Insider. All things Palomalu, the great Haribo guy, right? Wex, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, fellas. I'm good. Thanks for saving me there, Max. I thought he forgot about me. <laughs> yeah. I was moving to a subject, and, you know, one of these things is that, you know, you, you get so in deep into what you're thinking, you forget about where you're going. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, Wolf. What's you that? were in deep, brother. You were in deep. I was, I was just I, I, I was going to say, that was going to be my first line if had you remembered me. It was going to be... <laughs> was going to be wow. Wolf did some homework over to buy. Yeah. Hey, Wex, you should have seen me at John Kolb's Adventures of Training with a Purpose, the uh, fundraiser Monday night. I did the auction, and we had to have fact checkers because I kept forgetting what the last bid was. And sometimes I'm going the other way. They go, no, you go back up. You don't go from two hundred down to one fifty. Keep going up. Holy, oh, sorry. <laughs> so that's that's what you're dealing with, okay? Wolf, if you don't mind, I'm going to put my hat on backwards. I'm going to get into this. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's okay. do it. Okay. Let me ask you guys a question. You do it. You're, okay. You're, you're players. You're playing for the Steelers. You've just won a couple games against average competition with backup quarterbacks. And, yeah, you won. Hey, you're 3-3. Three and three. you got some revenge this week. But can, can you beat this team? Because they run the ball. And your, your defense is springing holes. And, you're not sure what's going on with the offensive line still because Dan Moore had a bad game and you're looking at Miles Garrett. And, you know, Ben's not really killing it and nobody's really killing it. You're kind of mediocre. And uh, all of a sudden you hear your coach blast everybody in the world, say he wants to coach you guys because there's no other place he'd rather be than coaching you. How are you going to react? Is this, is it, this, this is what Tomlin did, the mic drop he did yesterday. Does that inspire his team? 
You know, I, I think I think as a player, I would be I would be invigorated by it because you also know that Mike T doesn't mince words. I mean, over the last fifteen years that he has been the head coach, you know that he does not mince words, and he and you can see he was uh, more than irked, so to speak. We'll put that in, in, in the uh, most right. diplomatic of, of, of phrasings. Um, and and then and then and then he gave you. He gave you which which kind of kind of even struck me even through the computer as I was watching the replay. Uh, it gave me that fear that that you know that 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 parent fear. He looked at you kind of like you messed up, and then he kind of stared at you for a second, and then he decided he sat back and he was like, "I'm out." <laughs> so so I think when you when you're a team and you know and even Zach Banner tweeted out about this right. He 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 sent out the Keenan uh, Jeopardy um, you know meme. And I thought that was something like, you know, if you got players also buying into that phrasing, you know, I think it, it does put a little extra oomph in your step. It does say, you know what, we need to make Coach T right. The fact that he he wants to be with us, he wants to coach us, and he wants he wants this. And I think that's the additional um, – already you should be self-motivated because it's Cleveland. You know, we talked about right. how each season is its own iteration, but at the same time – there is still history there, and that's where that's why you keep guys from year to year, right? That's why you have guys who are kind of those gatekeepers to the past, you know, and a veteran, you know, because they know what the history is, and they they also know how to move forward. When you have that common interest, you also know how to play against these guys. So I think that's something that is going to be honed in already from the locker room perspective, but then when you get it from, quote-unquote, management and, and, and the higher-ups or the second floor, you know, I think I think it just continues to reinforce that issue. So now you know it's a business week. And this is the divisional game. This is the closest geographical opponent that you play. You guys share, you know, players have gone in between these teams over the years more than we, we care to remember. And there is just that type of just border war type of feel to it. And so I think this just adds to that. And then this is a spice on top is that Mike T is also irked this week, and he wants to go out <laughs> and he wants to show you why I don't want to go to college ever. I don't know what coach would say, I'm a successful <laughs> NFL coach. You know what, let me go recruit college kids that, that, that already think they're better than they are. And when I've already coached where they want to be, I know what it takes. I'm dealing with grown men who take this as a business, not as a scholarship opportunity where I may or may not have the motivation to actually get to that next level or know what it really takes to get there. I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go sit in a five-star recruit's house, recruit his parents, recruit the high school coach, recruit boosters, recruit now at NIL, and then also have to deal with the administration on my back about things. I don't, why do I want to deal with 17 cooks in the pot <laughs> when I just have to deal with two in. at the pro level? <laughs> go ahead, Wax. Let me jump in, Wolf. Go ahead, brother. Max, you sound you sound a bit irked as well. <laughs> I am. I, I am. I am. I am. I deal with college. You know, I deal with college radio as well, and so and it's always amazing to me because we're dealing with LSU and the SEC, right? And everybody's like, "Oh my God, that's one of the top seven jobs you want to have." I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Yeah." It, it it sure it is if you're in the college world, but for a pro coach to want to jump back into college, you have to be like a coordinator. They're going for successful tenured head coaches that they think is on their list. I'm like, are you delusional? Like, you can't throw money. And Mike T, Mike T said, there's a booster not with a big enough blank check. I'm like, yeah, a head coach is different if you're disavowed, right, like Harbaugh was. 
and you're about to get fired anyways. It's different. You go run to college. But at the same time, if you're successful, you've been in a place, and we know this too. There's been three head coaches since 1970. Three. 69. You, 69. Sorry. Just sorry. Thank, for the thank, sake thank, of journalistic thank, integrity, thank you. you know, that's, that's I why appreciate we that. <laughs> yeah, it's different than saying, oh, we're going to go try and go after uh, Zach Taylor. We're going to try and go after somebody else, right? And even Zach Taylor wouldn't take the job after after what he has going this year. But, you know, you're picking you're picking the cream of the crop. You think that your school – USC has not even been – since it's been a Pac-12, not the Pac-10, it has not won a single championship. So I'm like, why do you think your mystique is there? I'm like, people want to go to Oregon. People want to go to other schools at USC. Yes, you have history, but you haven't done anything for us lately. And LSU, yes, you won, a, you know, you had a championship and you've been to championships, but it's also Baton Rouge, like compared to going to other places. So that's why I'm a little irked. I apologize. I've like hijacked well, the conversation. Well, you no, roll with it, Wax. So what do you got? Well, well, you know, Max is bringing up a lot of things we could dig into here, but I, I don't want to get off track. Yeah, I mean USC really was revived by Pete Carroll, who came from the NFL, and and there might be a few reasons why. You know, and the other thing, Mike uh, attacked. Uh, it, it seemed as if uh, he was headbutting the racism that comes with rumor mongering. That was my take on him bringing up why not Andy Reid, why not Sean Payton, and there and, and we could delve into that for a while, and I think. There is some reality in that. But uh, I do want to say uh, that we I remember asking Bill Cowher the same thing because there were rumors about him going back to NC State, going back home. There right. are some reasons why someone would go back to college. But that's, we're yeah. digressing. I, I, I want to get to the point about being irked. Irk, to me, uh, conjures up instant pissed-offedness. Right. Yes. Take a, a, a high a level of professorial, professorial <laughs> term. I don't think he was immediately irked. That comes with a sudden uh, surprise at a question. I think he came in there waiting for that question, and he had to wait a long time for it. I think he had plenty to say about it and had been irked previously. So I don't know that he was irked at that media crowd. And, and in fact, I wasn't there, but. The Pittsburgh media really has not had anything to do with any of this. And but I keep reading, yeah. oh, he told the media off. He told yeah. I think he told I think he had things to say about the whole entirety of it in general. And really, when Ryan Clark apologized on Twitter today, it came from Ryan Clark and Carson Palmer. Right. And it, Ryan Clark wasn't so much acting on behalf of LSU as Carson Palmer seemed to be for USC. It sounded like Carson Palmer was on their search committee and he was feeling out Tomlin for this. And so the media, of course, uh, well, thanks to Doug Whaley on the fan, uh, <laughs> uh, began just began conjecturing about it and arguing about it. And like we're doing right now, the pros and cons of going to a college job from the greatest job in professional sport. So, uh, I, I just want to stand up on behalf of the media a little bit. There you go. Yeah. You're just ticking yeah, everybody off. Uh, look, at my <laughs> two cents are real simple, okay? Mike, as I know Mike from, you know, you just know. You just, you know, get to know him a little bit over the years. But in his 15 years, look, the dude is a leader of men. He's not a recruiter of men. This guy wears leadership yeah. like water wears wet. All right? I mean, that's just who I, he is. I think he can. 
I think he can do anything with that charisma, that oh, personality, that fire, right. that light you see inside of him. All right, but here, here's the thing that, that I'm not finished with it, all right? Here's the thing about yeah. it. The NFL is the, it's the pinnacle of pro football, right? So after you win a Super Bowl, I, I know some people say, oh, a Super Bowl and a national championship. I don't think that's what he's after. The man has too much passion. He's got too much drive. He's got too much of competitiveness in him in the highest, uh, the best echelon of pro football going that I, I just don't see him, you know, going back to college in any way, shape, or form. He's competitive on a scale of 1 to 10. This guy's a 15. You know what I mean? He competes, and he leads from the front. He's one of these guys that sets the tone, sets the trend. The other guys fall in, and what do you think? In 15 years, have you ever ever not seen where the message is, is not getting through when he talks to his players? I mean, Max knows he was there. The message never grows dim. And one thing I'll say about Chuck, Chuck never lost the message. Okay, he may have lost games. And remember, Mike grew on the job as he – as he got older on the job, he's still yeah. a young man, you know? So it, it has been that sort of a ground for him, but he's never lost the message. So no, I don't think uh, you'll ever see him never say never, but never. I loved how he said that, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. that was, that was just great. Yeah, that was Mike never, T. But it, never. Yes, but never. That's Mike <laughs> right. D at his best. Well done, Wolf. You worked in the never say never, but never into your own, into your own spiel. Especially oh, when I forgot oh, oh. what I was doing at the very top. <laughs> oh, Full my circle, goodness. Circle of life right there in one, yeah. in, in one segment. Boy, oh, boy. I always tell Let's Max, go. Wex, I tell Max, I go, don't you ever mock me. I'm the face of your future, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Poor Max. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice shot. Nice well, shot. Let, let, uh, let me continue on, yes. on what you were saying about the message. I think this is a new message, a new uh, – uh, just just to prove your point, Wolf, this is a new message that has, I believe, and I, that's why I asked you guys, I think this fires up the team uh, to a degree, at least to have a good practice today. And, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. So, no, no, uh, uh, no. I, I do think this is part of his ongoing continual energy and his – Fresh messaging, yeah. I would agree with you, X, no doubt about it. You know, there's just there's a lot of things that are going on here, and one of them has got to be getting a good start coming out of the bye. And to go into, into Brownsville, to go into Cleveland, in that uh, Factory of Sadness First Energy Stadium, I'm sorry, I can't, I cannot divulge myself from that Factory of Sadness. It, it's too funny. But, you know, they are a competitive team. I know, but team. who's laughing? Yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I I get you. All right, but, you know, the thing about it is going into the stadium, it's going to be huge. This is a big game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I, I that press conference, I kept waiting for clar- clarity on I – I know we're not going to get it on to it. I tried that. Oh, last. yeah. But uh, the clarity on Zach Banner and what they're going to do there, you know, I think Dan Moore was coming off probably his worst game or – yeah, I mean, after the first couple, uh, uh, he, he kept improving, and I like him a lot. Don't get me wrong. Right. But you have to be worried with Miles Garrett over there, and you got Banner. What do you do? And there have been, there's been no indication uh, anywhere. Uh, maybe the players know what's coming at today's practice, but we don't, the pe- people who've been watching. And um, he provided no clarity yesterday. I, I don't know if, 
they have some kind of rotation planned? Is that possible among tackles? Do you do that? Mm, I mean, that, 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 that's a tough one. Um, but I think also, you know, at this point in the week, it, you don't want to divulge anything ahead of time to where teams start game planning. Um, you want to yeah. keep it as, 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 as confusing as possible, as much smoke around the mirror as possible um, until the very last moment to where you have to declare guys, um, you know, either in or out, guys based off of – especially, you know, because I don't know what the media access is in Pittsburgh still um, before what, what you actually see. And I think for Zach, you know, we know how great of a jumbo tight end he is. We don't know how great of a tackle he can be yet. So I think that's also what you want to keep in the anonymity is, are you planning for jumbo package, Zach Banner? Are you planning for right tackle, Zach Banner? And left tackle shoots like we initially thought, or is it still Dan Moore, and then you're putting in Zach at tackle, and then maybe you have Chooks as a jumbo tight end. We don't know, because they do like a lot of off, uh, uh, unbalanced line stuff. We saw that early on. Obviously, the run game suffered because of that when you have a tackle in motion pre-snap, but um, <laughs> but I think that, 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 but, but it still causes the confusion, right? It causes the misdirection of it. So I would be very interested to see as as we get to Thursday or Friday, what that what what that participation chart looks like. Okay, well, you know uh, the Ohio Bobcats are playing Kent State in a showdown for first place on the last day of the regular season Thursday. <laughs> Therefore, I will not be there because your daughter is is going- killing it in, in in the league, right? She's doing very well, and yep. you know. With a goalkeeper, especially her dad, disaster is only a second away. So we don't talk too much. (laughs) All right. We're going to have to go to break. But we wish the good lady, Sam, the best of luck. What is it, tomorrow or Friday? Uh, It's Thursday at 3 p.m. And then uh, Friday I'm going to the Canton Hall of Fame to do some research uh, for a project I'm working on. Whoa. You're going to fill us in on that. But I won't be at practice Thursday or Friday, as Max said for me, so I will remain confused all the way up until game time. <laughs> well, we'll I'm do sure our best. I'm sure you have a couple sources, Wex. I'm yeah. sure you have a couple sources okay. that will give you some, some insight. <laughs> Jim Wexel, thanks for hanging in there with us. We appreciate you, brothers. Thank you so yeah, much. Great talking with thanks, you Thanks, Wex. Thank you. Take uh, care. All right, we'll be right back after this. Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the locker room. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. And we're back. And, uh, you know, when we left off, we were talking a little bit about the tackles. And that is really something that, of course, um, it, 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 I'm interested to see how this is going to play out. You know, Jim brought up a good point. Uh, probably Dan Moore had, had uh, a situation where, you know, he got the hip. Um, things a little bit of a struggle for him there. You've got Miles Garrett coming up. This is uh, uh, the preeminent rusher in the NFL, one of the preeminent rushers in the NFL with a guy like Miles Garrett. And there's some things that you can do to mitigate all those circumstances. I like Dan Moore. I think Dan Moore's got a great future. His upside to me is uh, going to be uh, is, is something that will be excellent, I believe. Um, but at this point in time, too, you wonder if you got Zach Banner, you got Chooks. You know, Chooks has done well against uh, some other top rushers, Devon Millers and so forth. Um, Chooks is a guy that, um, you know, more comfortable on the left-hand side than the right-hand side. 
Um, that may, this may be a time to to see what it would look like, you know, with the two big tackles. If if Zach's knee is is good enough that you think you can withstand uh, sixty minutes. Yeah, I I think this this is that challenge that we got that we were waiting to see, and I think we won't know until later in this week, right? Uh, possibly not even until game day. Um, right. But I think the biggest thing is is that. Because because the biggest thing is, you know, at this point in the week, it's all about a chess match, right? It's all about throwing the pawn out there and seeing if if, if they'll converge on it, right? And then you set up your bishop um, or you set up your knight in a position where they can take that piece that they want. So I always play chess. I, I'm sorry, checkers. I'm not a, a chess guy. Okay, I, so okay. when you put the black, you know, so when you put the black checker in between two red ones, you're hoping <laughs> that they don't leapfrog you. But if they move the red and you don't move the black, then it's going to get jumped. So, so that's what we're looking at. <laughs> You're looking at real basics with me, Max. Okay, it's not like there's yeah. a whole lot of you know. As I I told Ronnie I said if I ever write a book, the title of it is going to be "Everything Upstairs Is Pretty Quiet." Oh gosh. <laughs> So just so you know yeah. what you're dealing okay. with here, my friend. Background, background. Got it, yes. got it. So I, I think, yeah, you, you just you don't want to reveal what it is so teams can start game planning it. Yes. Um, because, but I think, you know, there's not a lot of film out there, so if you did game plan, it's like, what? But you'd rather keep it as vanilla as possible until you actually have to declare when we get later in the week. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see that participation report. Like I said, you always look at the injury report, right? And off of a buy, you expect to have a clean sheet, but every once in a while, there's guys still dealing with stuff that has to be put on that sheet um, for transparency purposes. So I think, you know, if I'm the Steelers, I'm not revealing what I'm going to do with Zach yet because, no. like you said, he can be a jumbo tight end or he can be a tackle. And so I would rather keep that flexibility because if you pigeonhole him as a tackle, you know that he can't be an eligible guy. Right. And that you know that now you have to look at somebody else or just stay with your tight ends. So I'd so they'd remove one thing off of – the quote-unquote defensive game plan on what-ifs, if you do that. Here's the one thing that I like about it. Zach Gentry represents that kind of almost a jumbo uh, tight end, you know, in the sense of his blocking skills. That's a big man. Yeah. You know, the 6'12". He's a, He's a 2XL. He's a 2XL, yeah, exactly. Yeah, not well, we quite. To, Jumbo's 3X. Well, we, <laughs> we always measured uh, axe handles across the backside. That's how we used oh, to go. Okay. Oh, he's a 2X handle, 3X handle. There was only, I can't remember, I think there was only one guy I remember that was a 3X handle in my time, and that was the fridge when he was 375. That was that was big. That was big. Big, well, big, yeah, big. But, but yeah, yeah, that's humongous for back in the day. I mean, you know. <laughs> When you look at it, you're like, man, 375 when everybody's riding that 280 to 300 range, and then you see, oh, this guy is 70 pounds. Max, 70 you know the biggest heavier. man I ever fought in, 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 in a contest was in sumo. This is really bad visual, and I apologize for it. But I did compete in the, in the it's, first it's, professional it's the, it's sumo di- tournament. It's the diaper visual. Again. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just horrible. It's, it's horrible. But yeah. the dude was from Europe. He was 6'4", 409 pounds. I got to tell you something, man. I... I thought I was going to get killed, and I, I, I actually <laughs> slammed him, right? And he yeah. sat up. As I sat up, because we went out of the ring and crashed, right? He sits up and goes, I did not think you could do that. I said, neither did I, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, did you give him the Ric Flair? <laughs> Woo! Afterwards. That's, that's exactly <laughs> it, man. It do was... the Nature Boy walk <laughs> back to the middle of the it ring? Was, <laughs> it was so bad. My mom was in the crowd of like 5,000. And when we took the sweatsuits off, you could see her just cover her eyes. 
She's like, oh my goodness, what's he doing? Did you did did you tan? Did you tan at least? <laughs> no. Did you tan? No. no. Oh. So it was like ultraviolet. Okay. <laughs> Max, this is so bad. You know, because Tunch used to always say, he, he, we, we were going out the field one time, and Tunch goes, and the man with no tan, hailing from Buffalo, New York, <laughs> Craig Wolfley, boom. Oh, he used the to kill no me. no tan that. man. Oh, that's exactly it. Everybody needed sunglasses. Oh, my oh gosh. Oh, my gosh. So, no. saying all that, and, and really, I'm not sure where we were, I was going with this whole thing. Um, we were talking about Zach Banner. Oh, yeah, uh, we're talking about Zach. Jumbo tight There end, you go. And Zach Gentry. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, and so, those guys, I mean, to me, Zach Gentry could be the wild card in helping a lot with uh, Miles Garrett is the point. Because this yes. guy, he's he's got some good feet. He's got length he's got that that arm like that can really create issues for and he uses them very well in pass protection he's one of the top pass protecting tight ends in the nfl ain't no doubt about it you go you know and you just watch him you just it's the eye test you watch him you see it he he does a good job he can be very beneficial uh as far as that goes my thing is with zach i think he's capable of kick-starting the run game in a way that maybe you know, he's got that habit, that ability like you, when you're in your play day, when you're at your heyday, when you block down, that gap blocking down, you can take the whole side of the line with you. You're big enough, you're strong enough, you're able to move people enough. And once you get that first chunk of, of human body going to the inside because you are a one-man tsunami, such as you could do back in your day, um, that next pin goes easy, and the, the third pin goes even easier because of the bodies crashing down. So that type of effect, I think Zach Banner also represents. He is he's representative of the type of size and everything you were back in your day. Yeah, I mean, it, everybody draws the parallels between, between us as far right. as uh, demeanor, size, and capabilities. You know, and, and I think, you know, that's always great. I never want to put a guy in a position where, you know, you feel like, oh, my gosh, I, I'm like this. But we love we love making comparisons. Sure. So but at the same time, can I you do the Samoan dance that he can do? I, don't know, I he, can't do a haka. Oh, you can't, can't do, do haka. haka. OK. All right. I, I was I, just I wondering that. That, that. That's a West Coast thing. You know, when you okay. go to West Coast schools, you got a lot of poly teammates. You learn those things. I didn't okay. have that in Florida. You know, close we got I, I, had, I had a teammate that was. One teammate from California. Okay, but uh, but he was Hispanic. So this is what I love know, about working with you because you can fill me yeah. in on a lot of this stuff that I, I yeah. didn't know anything about. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but I but I think that that's also one of the cool things, right? When you have that diversity of skill set, um, you know, and when I look at what Zach can do, what his what his potential is, that's what gets you excited. I think that's what gets a lot of fans excited is. You know, a guy who also played like I played jumbo tight end early on in my career right. before I got the starting job, and and then you you kind of morph and you figure out what you do well. I did right tackle for a number of years before I moved to left tackle, mm. and then it became something where okay, he has that versatility. Heck, my first start was at left guard. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, I never forget that. You know, it was my rookie year, and, and who I was, was your center? center? No. It was well. Jeff, Jeff Hardings was at center, but Jeff was out that day, and Chucky Akobe came in. So it was me and Chucky on the inside. Well, that's like Mutt Je- and Jeff for crying out loud. You're like six exactly. eight, and he's like six one, six two. Yeah, exactly. And we had Fat Pat Williams and Sam Adams for <laughs> Buffalo at the time. So I was like, geez, I was like, wait, wait to get me in there. But um, but I think that's what we look at when we see Zach. We want to we want to have a comparison, but I think Zach's his own person. But at the same time. There's so much there. There was so much promise last year when he started last year, and then we lost it with the ACL. 
Yeah. And I think to, we want to regain that opportunity because we know what could have been. And this was a guy that was penciled in as a starter coming into this season. So we want to see what does this line look like in your original mindset of how you mapped out your starting five. And I think that's what we kind of want to see because that's a very impressive off-the-bus team. Yes. When you see those linemen walk off, you're like, okay. The okay, bus is Tilton. Hey, it's Tilton. Hey, let me, let, me, let me just tighten up this chin strap a little bit more on the yeah. left side. Yes. Because these guys are going to bring it. I might get ear hold yes. if, I, if I'm not paying attention. <laughs> so that's what you want to see. You want to you see look like Tarzan, play like Tarzan. Yeah. You want to see look like Tarzan, play like Jane. No, that's <laughs> bad. That's definitely yeah. bad. All right, yes, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be taking – we got any calls, Jacob? Okay, we might. We probably got a call maybe, or we'll see. Number's 412-919-1316. We'll be back after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. And this just came on the wire. We got running back Anthony McFarlane was activated from the reserve injured designated for return list to the 53-man roster. And the team also placed defensive tackle Carlos Davis on the reserve injured list, making room on the roster for McFarlane. So we got that move, and um, you know, it, no it, Carlos Davis. No, yeah, no Carlos <laughs> Davis. Um, you know, and it was, it was uh, Mike that said that to it is uh, his return is not imminent. You know, and, and so that's just another update. He's progressing, he says, but uh, he is not really close. So you got those two factors going on. It's like wow. I, you just wonder, is it going to be Operation Shutdown for Stefan? You know, or uh, what? You know, I mean. Yeah. It's, I, mean, it, I think at this point, you have to you have to make it a real consideration. Like, you know, there's no harm, no foul right now. But at the same time, it's like, okay, I, I think he's re- he's he's moved on mentally until he hears differently. Um, is how I is how I took that. So it's the Bugs Louder Milk Mondo show. Right. Um, that that we'll see where it takes us right there. And see how far we can get with those with those five guys. Absolutely. All right, let's go to the phones. We got CR. Let's see, we do have CR and Juan, the dual-headed monster. That is those two you guys. You're hey, in the guys, locker room. What's up? CR, sitting next to Chicago, and my boy Juan. Go ahead, Juan. Guys, how y'all doing? Doing fabulous. Good. What you got to say today, fellas? Okay, here we go. One, two, three. Never, never say never. never. <laughs> you guys got to work on your timing better. That's as bad Come as on. jumping off sides. Uh, yeah, exactly. We're going on okay. two, okay? We're going yeah. on two. Why'd you jump on one? It was convincing. It was convincing. <laughs> All right. Way to go. So what do you got to say? Well, first and foremost, uh, don't sweat the remarks about touch. We all miss him. But the yeah. bottom line, he is always going to be present no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. No and, doubt. Uh, hey, Max. Um, you know, we're gonna talk about some other stuff, but I got this thing in my head here. Uh, with your background, history, and your and your, you know, and the way you communicate, you communicate with some excellent, excellent words and stuff. Um, and then again, working with Wolf now. When are you gonna write that book, man? We all want to know when we're gonna hear from you in book format. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, no, it, 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 you know, as Wolf said that his his book title would be All's Quiet Upstairs. <laughs> I mean, my mine would say, 
organized chaos of my mind. I mean, I I have so many things that go on in, in, in this head. I mean, my hamster in, that's running on the wheel is tired. You know, I think I, that <laughs> the title for your book ought to be One Less Voice in the Head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you. I One Less the, Voice. Put the vo- voice on paper. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right, what yeah. else, fellas? Juan got some good stuff. Go on. Hey guys, I think I, I think you guys was um, peeking at peeking at my notes because me and she were talking last night on the phone. Okay. And I was going to I was going to ask you guys, and you guys started the show off with that with that Tom Brady with the ball. Yeah. I was like, you guys, hey, I want a million dollars for that ball, man. That, that is yeah. ridiculous with how they get what they give that guys that stuff. Hey, I need to be some. I would have run out of ran out that stadium so fast with that ball. No question. But here's Dog the point. in the Ring of Honor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. They have an open spot down there in Tampa. They have an open spot for the Ring of Honor down there. You could have put me out there. So let me ask you, Juan, and let me ask you, CR, what would you pay for the Immaculate Reception Ball? Now that, to me, is like it's the pinnacle of pinnacles if you're going to be talking about some artifact because it is the heart and soul of what really started the Steelers franchise in, in foundation-wise to greatness. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree with you guys. With the immaculate reception, um, there's no price for that because, like you said, it started it started the, the dynasty for everything. So I would give that one back for free because we started our dynasty. <laughs> that's that's just buku bucks, if you ask me. Yeah, 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 yeah. That 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 that's lifetime uh, Steeler seats. You might even have your name engraved on those seats. <laughs> And it had to move. It had to move from Three Rivers to Heinz, and then whatever the next iteration of the stadium is going to be. Like my seats carry. Like I actually want people with white gloves holding these seats <laughs> with my family crest on them from stadium to stadium in perpetuity. Like those are our seats. This guy. Th- this guy knows he's held the immaculate reception ball. Like like that. That's that's hallowed ground right there. Really, no doubt. <laughs> Talking about the Browns real quick, uh, Wolf, you were talking about that uh, 1989 game. Yeah. You guys uh, lost 51 to nothing. But that was an interesting year for you guys, well, for us, put it that way. Because you lost two, you won two, then you had a loss, win, loss, win, loss, loss, win, win. I mean, that was a heck of a a year, man. Went to the playoffs and came a drop ball short of the AFC championship game. But the, the point is, this is how fast it can turn. You know, we, Tunch always used to say the landscape of the NFL changes not just monthly but weekly depending on who gets hit with what injuries or momentum, things that go on behind the curtain that you don't even know about. So, you know, it's always something where any team, you know, you can pull yourself together and get back in the hunt. Uh, you know, the, to me, that's what it, it's all about. That's why the NFL is so great. Yeah, that's so. And also, guys, um, I like, like you said too earlier, I think we need to keep keeping um, guessing because I miss hearing number 72 is eligible, so we might use him as a, <laughs> as a backup tight end. <laughs> well, here's the thing about it, Max, jump in on this too, because the yeah. fact is Chooks plays left tackle. He's, he's a guy that's very competent at it. Um, Zach, you might get uh, you know all that run blocking on the right side, but Miles Garrett, I wonder how they're going to use Miles. If you got Dan Moore over there, I think they're going to put Dan. They're going to put uh, Miles Garrett over there. But if you got Miles Garrett, um, let's say you got Chooks over there too, you might just be moving Miles Garrett around to see what what matchup he can best take advantage of. 
Yeah, well, I I, th- I think that 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 that's something that you know, like we said, the Steelers like a lot of unbalanced line stuff, um, and when you add Zach in, it does give you more flexibility for unbalanced lines. Say he's he say he comes in as eligible, and you decide to put Chooks on the left side with right. Dan Moore for a play. Right. What's the harm in that? Right. Yep. I mean, it almost makes Chooks as a tight end even though he's an ineligible nut. I mean, there's a lot of different things. I think that's why the Steelers want to keep this so close to their vest is sure. we have a lot of schematic things we can do, but more importantly, what's in that D coordinator's mind thinking about what he has to get ready for, what he has to prepare his team for. Right. And you don't want to give away any trade secrets before it's time. You want to give it to him when it's too late and you're trying to do it as an adjustment and then they don't have time to rep this and practice it. That's why Stefanski won't answer the question about whether Baker's going to play or not. You know, I mean, it's just simply yes. you're just holding your cards. So, That's a smart move. anything else, yeah. fellas? Yeah, well, yeah. You uh, you started out. Well, I wonder if we got any phone calls out there. You think we got anybody? On the line? You guys should know better than that. When you guys start your show, we start our show. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's time to close your show because our show's almost closing. Okay, yeah. here we go. Um, uh, in the meantime, and in between time. We ride. We ride. There you go. All right, fellas. Like Thanks it. a lot. They practiced that one a time. <laughs> they did. They got a little better at it. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah. good indeed. <laughs> you know, in wrapping this up, Max, um, and talking about that offensive tackle situation, that's that in and of itself is going to be interesting to see how that plays itself out. But I also am fascinated in what some of the matchups, I think, with uh, Friar Muth. And also Ebron. You know, Eric Ebron's been a little bit quiet. They asked him this past week, you know, how do you feel about, you know, your targets going down? He's, you know, took a very uh, statesmanlike position and just, hey, you know, I'll do what I got to do and da-da-da. And he's not making any deal out of it. I like that. And I would also look at the fact that, again, a 13 personnel thing where you come up with one back, three tight ends, but the ability to put him out. If you remember last year, there was a time they put him out, split out, had a corner on him, and took advantage and threw a, a what, a, I think a, a fade route to him and a jump ball, 50-50 yeah. ball, and he came down with it. There are things that you can do that I think Eric Ebron still has value. Well, no, he he can be he can ISO to one side of the line, right? Right. You can put him as a single as a single receiving type to one side of the line. He doesn't have to be just a slot guy or a, or an off off centered guy that that comes off the ball from a wingback position. Eric gives you a lot of flexibility in the stand up position, and I think the same thing can be said about Pat. That's why I said you know one is one is a, one is a receiving type stand up, the other one's a blocking type, and the other one plays in between. Pat's that one that can play in between. Because you can do a lot out of this 13 personnel with both of those guys in a stand-up. And say you, you want your pseudo-11. Right. We'll call that pseudo-11, where you only have one tight end on the line of scrimmage, but the other ones are now are now lined up as wide receivers. And you can still bring them in and put them back out, like an accordion. You bring them in, bring them out. Bring them in, bring them <laughs> out. And you can do a lot of things that keep you rolling, but also keeps the personnel in an advantageous position for your de- for your, for your, for your offense to where you can take advantage of a defense. Because say you come out in 13, you spread two of those guys out, guess what? One gets the corner, the other one gets a linebacker. The other one gets a safety. Right. And now you're like, I've got an advantage here. 
um, to throw to either one of these guys. One's too tall, the other one's too slow. So, you know, <laughs> you, have, you have that flexibility within it. So it'll be interesting to see how they continue to expand this package and how they utilize and deploy these guys in-game. But it's, it's going to be fun to see Cleveland because I expect there's going to be some trickeration going on. Trickeration being the key word, you know, the iteration of trickeration. How's that? <laughs> there it is. I like it. Waxing poetic on the clothes. I love it. <laughs> yeah, you got to do it, man. It's all coming together. You know, you look yeah. at this, and, and one of the things that also excites me about it was if you went with a street tight end, not only can you get running the ball, right, but Najee is a very good pass uh, ball catcher. You know what I mean? Yeah. You put him through, you know, you get the play action, you put him through the line, and you put him in some of the – middle areas there and, and, and you use those tight ends to you know fan across the front and everything you got big targets big bodies everything from the 612 to the fryer move with the wingspan of a condor for crying out loud and you've got some yeah. real valuable targets for so it's not like the passing game is going to be passe if you just simply have one receiver out there um you simply have different valued targets that you could throw to underneath screen game Ah, thinking of a word that rhymes with screen. <laughs> mean. That's a mean, mean screen. screen. There you go. Yeah, but I think I think the screen game because it's something we have not been great at. It's something that we kind of shy away from. So now, imagine inputting a, a screen game in the thirteen, whether it's tight end delay or running back. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm liking that. I love so screens. There, there's a, yeah, I love screens too because you get bodies moving forward fast. Yes. You know, you have the front line, and Ben has the touch to drop it over the top, but now you get a moving wave or a wall going forward, especially when you're thinking middle screens, either either tight end or running back middle screens. You think of some of the tighter B-gap screens that you can do. Um, it also allows for your rollout game, you know, running oh, tight yeah. end hides underneath. I mean, it just it, there's so much flexibility within the package. It, when done correctly – and when utilized, and obviously you have to prep it in your top 15 to get ready for it, but um, I think there's so many possibilities within that, you know, versus the 11 personnel, which is more pass-friendly if you want to have some good things because you have competent guys. You have three competent tight ends. Not every team can say that. Right. You have oh, that's true. You have competent tight ends. You know, not every, everybody's hoping for a second tight end to come, to come around, right? Even look at Cleveland. Like, you have Austin Hooper, you have Harrison Bryant and company, but Austin Hooper's your guy. Yes. You know, Harrison Bryant is, is not quite filled out the role, so it, it makes for a better anonymity when you have three guys who can catch and who have shown you they can catch in big-time moments, like, like first down moving, chain moving type of moments. The fact that you had, uh, you know, the 6-12-er, uh, Zach Gentry, able to run a tight end screen and do it so competently – that's something that you've got to you put in the mind in the bugger minds of uh, the defensive coordinators out there, and that that's something they have to make sure that they cover. And I I can tell you, um, Najee's another guy to me that you can screen with. Fryermuth is another guy. Ebron, obviously, you could run smoke smoke routes with him. You could give him out. the ball in a rush. Yeah, that's right. They did. They, Boom. they did. Boom. Yes. There it is. So now you have to worry about it, right? Everybody's done something significant at the tight end position this season. So everybody's a viable threat. All right. Well, it's time for us to wrap this one up. Thank you, Max. I appreciate you so much. We'll be back tomorrow morning in the locker room. And for all the folks out there that joined us, please come back. We enjoy it. Love you all. And uh, have a great day. Next up is the Godfather himself right here uh, on, on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio.